Welcome to the podcast, season seven, episode 12. And in the grand finale of season seven, we're going to talk about injuries, how you can train around them, you know, particular injuries that we've suffered and how we have prehabbed and rehabbed. And I will just preface this episode by saying we are not physiotherapists. Uh, Leon and I are corrective exercise specialists, um, but we are not physiotherapists. We've all, yeah, clients have dealt with injuries, we've helped with them, and we've helped, you know, helped ourselves. We've worked with physios, and we thought we would just talk you through some of the main injuries, how we would go about dealing with them. But I think number one is if you have an injury, go and see a physio. Um, it is not worth just hanging in there, hoping it's going to get better. Um, prevention is better than cure. I know not everyone can go every month to a physio for a, a checkup, but you know, if I guess if you are a, an athlete of any kind, even in bodybuilding, it is worth doing that to stay on top of it. But yeah, see your physio. Um, we're just giving you general advice here, probably more for niggles, but even niggles, if they carry on, again, it's worth seeing a physio. Mm -hmm. And I mean, physio work is like the stuff they give you is generally, it, it is boring, but the more you do it, you will get better. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's like, um, I think I need to, see a physio more I, I put it down on my list to see physio more but I, 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 I don't know I forget or I, I just don't prioritize it I'd say <laughs> I only yeah I'm like you yeah. I'm like you every month I'm not going to get physio oh, yeah. I think maybe it's because I'm in my bash and like, I can't be asked yeah. to go and drive to my regular physio so I don't and I just keep sliding not that you know I need anything particular the injuries in my body versus the other ones, but it's, a, it's good to keep on top things like yeah. you know, <laughs> the T, shoulder mobility, and you know, rotator cuff stuff is always a useful hip. Yeah. Hip mobility and hip range of motion is also quite a generally important one to keep on top of because, especially like me, I have a bad knee, which actually massively affects my ankles and hips. Mm -hmm. Because why I end up limping, I end up changing the way I shift my weight, which therefore yeah, affects all these other things. Yeah. Well, Andy, you have more of an excuse. Yeah. You, yeah, to come to Nairobi, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're, a... we're just down the road from physios, but it's. It, it is it is a hard one like generally you wait until you're you you're in pain or you are injured before you go but yeah like i said if you are an athlete or you you know you train a lot or you're susceptible to injuries or you've had them you know it, it is worth just going for just going for checkups but i think andy you hit on that key point like working on mobility is really key and it's something new that we we program in for our clients in every single training session we do ourselves and focusing on those main areas, shoulders, hips, spine. If you go on to any of our IG pages, I'm sure you'll see like mobility sequences that we do. Um, I mean, like my favorite for shoulders are shoulder cars, controlled articular rotations, 
good morning so you're working on that thoracic which is your mid-back mobility because generally if you're stiff in your mid-back you're going to have limited uh, shoulder mobility too um, thread the needles are good I, this should probably be a, a demonstration podcast <laughs> yeah. too we'll, we'll put links <laughs> yeah maybe uh, we can put some links to some of our favorites let's see let's see yeah. um what other shoulder ones you like banded up and oh, overs yeah. yeah they're simple I, I i like up and overs just you know simply scorpions up and over <laughs> yeah scorpions for the chest like all of those are so good and I know like if you have time to dedicate to an entire mobility session, you can, but we generally just, you know, if, you, if we're doing like an upper body session, I choose like two or three mobility movements, get those in yeah. first as like the warm up. Um, Andy, what do you do for like an upper body day? So I have actually, I don't, I don't ever call it mobility work in my training loss because I always think, especially some of the guys I train, just think we can skip it. Yeah. <laughs> um, core body circuits, mm. which make it look like it's part of a training plan. Oh, yeah. Actually, the whole point is like a warm up mobility. Yeah. Cunning. Thing. So, you know, and there's various ones too. Wood chopping rotations mm. using a medicine ball rotation, you know, um, salutes laying on your back, salutes with your hands. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I do some with the legs, which actually, you know, if you when you do them, um, you know, things, yeah, like a lot of air, air squat type stuff, and then moving into an explosive squat jump thing. Mm -hmm. um, purely to, you know, one, it's a great warm up anyway, two, it's great for mobility and three you know, people just don't really know it's a it's a you know a mobility exercise warm-up exercise so therefore we're like you and it, it, it is hard especially if you know i also sometimes use the same one at the end of a training session mm -hmm. and people find it a lot harder so yeah yeah it's uh, also i think i've been at the physio for last year was well there are more impingements shoulder and I think there was a... Well, let's start with your shoulder because that was, yeah. uh, since we're there, like I think a lot of people do. I mean, your shoulder is the most mobile joint in your body, but it's also a very shallow joint. Yeah. So it's a right. ball and socket joint. Um, so right. people do suffer a lot with shoulder issues. And like most issues, it's not necessarily an issue of the shoulder. Um, you know, for many people, like I was saying, it's that mid back. You yeah. know, if you're sitting a lot, it can be tight, tight uh, pec pectoral muscles as well. That's a big thing, and also one that I think a lot of people okay, overlook. Big thing for to say, sorry, on that, I was gonna say, for guys, a lot of guys, especially when we are starting, will do a lot of chest exercise. Yeah, yeah, and the chest develops quickly. And it then rolls in the shoulders, and later on we start getting shoulder problems. And actually, it's because one, we didn't work on range of motion at the beginning. Two, we didn't work on our mobility at the beginning, and they've not balanced out their lifting, and we focused primarily on chest. So yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> that's such a, that's such a good point. And I remember when I did my personal training course, like so many of the guys that. It was like literally every day is chest day. And you, 
I, I wish I could do this in a video, but you can see, like, Andy was saying, your shoulders round yeah, forward. And, like, if you stand, like, your hands should be, you know, uh, like, kind of neutral. Yeah. So, but yeah. people who've, who've got really tight pecs, like, they're... The front of their hand faces forward mm. <laughs> and and that's an easy way to tell and like they don't work yeah. their back and that can really cause shoulder issues and so don't do every day's chest day and also don't forget to stretch your chest muscles um it's a big one and i think for women too because either they avoid doing chest which is also not good you want to balance everything out but for women who do like train chest like they don't stretch their chest um you know or, or do any kind of soft tissue work because it is uncomfortable if you've got boobs in the way but still it's important um but the other muscle i was going to say that i think people don't think about are your lats because your lats actually attach at the front of your shoulder here so oh, if, you, if you've got tight lats again that can cause that inward rotation of your shoulder which can cause issues um and then the rotator cuff muscles, they are a very common culprit. And that's what you had, isn't it? You had. Yeah. That's what I've always thought. And, and, yeah, and you have. Because they're, they're, they're very small muscles. Um, you've got subscapularis, yeah. um, supraspinatus. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah classically a rugby thing. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Okay. Mine. Is that from throwing? No, it's probably from tackling, having your oh. arms extended. People go back, rotating shoulder back. To be fair, I know so many rugby players who end up having to have the muscles rebraided because mm -hmm. they keep dislocating their shoulders. Ooh. And now guys I've played with who just have to repop their shoulders in the game. Yeah. It's quite alarming, really. Oh my. I remember. I realized mine was bad when I started doing bodybuilding competition and posing. And, you know, just coping the mandatory poses and doing like a. Uh, back like a front or back double was so hard because I couldn't I couldn't rotate my because um, it's like you watch the yeah. tutorial and it's like you know pull that form back rotate your shoulders and mine yeah. ends, mine was ending like here and I'm like wow I yeah. that's bad and that's <laughs> that's actually one of well one of the first times I saw my physio because of shoulder because there was I, I tried doing it and the left would just have a pinch and that's when I was like I, I, I can't pose like what, what so for me shoulder it's it's always been the left rotator cuff and thing is it's not always the rotator cuff that's the issue for a lot of guys it's because they don't balance out their shoulder exercises yeah. people forget there's three heads to the, the delts mm -hmm. you your lateral your front delt when you your rear delt, you just focus on military pressing, you do a little bit of that, mainly front, but you, you, you delt is then weak, and everything falls forward again, mm. you know, so if it's not balanced, or, or the opposite, pull, pulling exercises, mm. they build up that the back. rear delt, but then it pulls everything back. Is all the rotator, the smaller muscles have to compensate, and we start getting tight, range of motion, not good. We start, and that can also cause a problem. And again, it's, you know, as we discussed, chess is, it's a, you know, everything in balance. You know, trying to keep a very balanced physique. You know, range of, the same range of motion across all the exercises. 
you know, because, you know, muscles don't work in isolation. You know, we do these isolation exercises in the gym, but that's very unrealistic to how a muscle actually works. You know, muscle works via, you know, protagonist, antagonist, essentially. One way we try to set goes the other way, and they balance each other out. So if you overwork your triceps, or you, the opposite is normally very common men, overworking biceps, <laughs> forget their triceps, and therefore we end up walking like they're carrying a box all the time because the bicep's tight, but the triceps are not strong enough to straighten the arm back down. <laughs> so, you know, it means, you know, not perfect, but the shoulder's a classic example. You know, it's affected by the chest, it's affected by its three heads, it's affected by the muscles in the upper back. And when those are all out of whack, it's almost smaller. The tiny muscles that make up the rotator cuff have to compensate. And I think that's half the issue with most guys with rotator cuff issues. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think also, I remember, well, doing, when doing the corrective and uh, going to the physio, there's always the four key points. Everyone focuses on strength, they forget mobility, stability, flexibility, always. Yeah. And I remember most times I've been having issues at like the physio, it was either, well, shoulder, we know it's a flimsy sort of joint. So stability was a very big issue for me. And it's doing simple stuff just to hold and you could really see the shaking compared to like the right side. And I learned a lot about that from the physio, but it's most people at the gym, even sports guys unless you're a professional and you have someone who really well yeah. and you have a coach like we try put all those four components in a training program but most people always go for strength then that's when they're like i know there's a everyone assumes that because you're muscly and big you're not mobile and flexible then if you're flexible everyone's like whoa how because everyone seems to focus on strength they get tight, you know, you're walking like, I know they say gorillas, but gorillas are actually flexible, but there's that walk, yeah. like a robot, like you're, you're very rigid. And yeah. it, it's, you're it's, carrying two, two, yeah. Well, the car. Um, <laughs> but, you know, on that, you know, stability is a big one. And the issue yeah, is going to the gym, you use machines, which are, you know, take out a lot of the need for stability. Unlike when you're, say, doing dumbbell shoulder presses, True. You, know, you can't go too heavy, because one, you can't get them up if they're too heavy. But, yeah. <laughs> but two, you, know, you need to stabilise the actual dumbbell. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and that's where dumbbells are really important to build stability. You won't, you know, you will struggle to build strength with dumbbells, and up to a point, you, know, you probably will have to switch to a machine once you, you know, you reach your limitation of pulling them up, mm. yeah, them up. onto your shoulder you know you're like well i'm more likely to cause injury to myself trying to kick up kick bigger dumbbells up but everyone should probably start with dumbbells until they reach that ceiling point because that's how you build your stability mm -hmm. and same with big dumbbell chest press dumbbell shoulder press you know latch dumbbell laterals you know there, you know, you need to have those stability components in there um, as a fundamental to develop. Yeah. yeah, and but I think also 
yes, people focus on strength, but some people need to focus more on strength. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, especially if you're hypermobile, true, true, true. you know, you need to be able to control that end range. So a lot of yogis, yeah. just very flexible people need to work more on, on the strength. Pregnant women. Yeah. And more women, true. Pregnant who, women. Yeah, and pregnant, yeah, women, and, pregnant. And women and just women in general with upper body. Or that everything's relaxed. Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, you, you've just, you've got to be careful if you are hypermobile and like, just, yeah, you've got to control the end range. And that's where, again, mobility is really good. Because I think a lot of people think mobility exercises are easy, but they're not. If you do them properly, they're really hard. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever done swimmers, and they, and they oh my their, gosh. They have their progressions too. It's, it's uh, Yeah. Because you, you know, you keep progressing the end range, maybe making it harder and like swimmers, man, I remember the first time I, I clear loved swimmers. I had never really sort of got, but since shoulders were acting up, she made me do them. And the first time they, they were, they're brutal. Like doing them correctly, you really feel your shoulder working, the whole rotation and just getting them back. And yeah. ever since I kept them in my program, it's, it's like we say, the same old boring swimmers every day every other day but my shoulders have never been like they've never given me sort of the same problem except recently when i added dumbbell flies don't even know i added them into my program because your achilles heel yeah always like it's a third time maybe and it's one of those i was like ah, maybe 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 now i'm stronger i can try them again and i think for me there's it's just that one exercise that doesn't do anything for me except cause joint issues. And now I don't think I'll ever do it again. But again, it was the left shoulder. It's never the right. It's always... Yeah, we like... often have that one side. But I mean, again, the shoulder is so interesting because your, your pec, mm. your pec major attaches to the front of the shoulder and your biceps. So you've got yes, so yes. many attachments here at the front of your shoulder. Think your biceps, lats, pecs. Pec. And so all of those can contribute to your shoulder pain. So again, like with biceps, we, we do biceps. We also program stretches afterwards, whether clients do them or not, I don't know. But bicep <laughs> stretching is also important because I, I never see anyone stretch their biceps. Um, or you can you can roll them with yeah, a barbell. Yeah, people take biceps. Yeah. Sorry? I taught my bicep. Oh yeah, yeah. you and I was talking to the physio, I was like, you know what? I was like, there's not many times in my life because I did play rugby. Like, I don't think when I'm doing all my stretches before I play a rugby game. After that, in like 20 years, have I ever thought about stretching my biceps before playing rugby? But it makes so much sense because the amount of tackling you do, your arms are stretched grabbing and pulling people. Yeah. Biceps is actually a super important, super important stretch to actually do in rugby. <laughs> but it's never, like even from junior, no coach has ever. Duh. I started playing at six, no coach ever said to me, make sure you stretch your biceps. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of like other stretches, but we've never mentioned biceps once. No. And I should know better, but you know, you get, you get so used to your habitual stretches before you play a yes, game or after. Mm-hmm. That you actually 
forget because you know you just go through routine most of the time you think like so yeah and no point going yeah, I should really stretch my bicep <laughs> So, yeah, add, add it in, or, or like if, yeah, like I was saying, you roll your bicep with the barbell. Yeah. Oh, painful. Or you can, it also, well, if you're watching the YouTube, you'll see where I'm pressing. It's kind of like on my forearm. You've got an attachment like, yeah, here. Right, yeah. Like, you can press there as well, which can release the, the bicep. Well, that's where my whip got. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Whip got the bone there. There's only one, one part. Yeah, like, yeah. Actually, if I press it there. Yeah. Still, but keep it safe, yeah. keep it safe. You yeah. still need the bicep. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the other head's attached, it's just a little bit high. Yeah. But I have relatively high biceps anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I do spend a lot more time now stretching biceps because mm. this one, because it's torn, does cramp up a little bit more, tightens up a lot more. Yeah. Um, I use a gun on it a lot because what I don't want to happen is tear the other heads. Yeah. yeah. I guess then it'd be up here somewhere in because yeah. um, the other one essentially because I left it a bit long because mm. I actually didn't realise I tore my bicep okay the whole rugby tournament so when it hurt initially I was like oh red and I got purple arms like, but it didn't I could still use it and I hadn't mm. even noticed any like there was no pain after adrenaline it was, like, is amazing there was no real pain yeah. And I could train in the gym still, I could lift biceps. So it wasn't a massive issue. So I never really thought I'd done anything serious. It wasn't until slowly I looked at my bicep and was retrieving up my shoulder, yeah. <laughs> up my arm a little bit. I was like, some natural stocking mug. Yeah. That time it already been left too long. So, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's amazing though how injuries teach you how your body is connected because we. I think because I know when I played football, localized pain, I would treat the pain. Like if my knees hurt, I'd, I'd not be yeah. thinking quads or calf mm. or whatever. Or it's ice, deep hit straight on the knee. It's like, yeah, it, it can't be anything else. So if, if your shoulder hurt, it has to be the shoulder. You're not thinking bicep. Mm, yeah, it's a form. bicep. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's after, you know, going to the physio with niggles and impingements, then you're told oh your foot your foot is very tender and tight like yeah. yeah and you realize oh foot is causing like hip issues and and that's when you realize sometimes localized pain is is just your body's way of telling you hey something's something's not right in this chain somewhere, else. somewhere yeah. yeah so i think that's also one mistake a lot of people make and it, it comes with not treating injuries because you think, you know, because I know when, uh, say in my 20s or teens, ice was everything. So I don't, now at least there's more knowledge, but for me, ice and for a lot of us, ice was everything. It was ice and deep hit. So you let the injury stay for long because ice provides a bit of a relief. So you're like, ah, I'm good to play again, but the more you learn you realize that that localized pain you could just be causing more harm as you as you go along yeah and i guess just to yeah yeah with i think that's important when like creating your program to keep that in mind and to just finish with upper body like andy said like you need to program everything in a balanced way yeah. you can't just be doing like all push push sessions you know you need to Mix in some, you know, 
some mobility as well in there you know strengthen the upper back make sure that you're stretching your your pecs your biceps and then just a quick one like when performing presses like dumbbells are really great and also having a neutral grip which is what dumbbells that you have and when you are pressing and you experience pain pressing overhead don't press you know straight ahead like if you're on an incline bench bring the incline to like 65 degrees or even lower that helps so much and also if you are using dumbbells press at a 45 degree angle not at 90 degrees even for a chest press um, that should help put less pressure on your shoulder joint um, so just keep that in mind for your upper body especially the chest press one I think that's the biggest biggest mistake I've seen in uh, a lot of people do and I, I think that benefit with that piece of advice you've just given yeah don't, don't yeah. press at 90 if I mean or yeah. or and like unless you have to use a barbell don't go for machines or safety um, like a Swiss bar is great talk about stability work on that thing um, oh, and and dumbbells like <laughs> If you have to use a barbell, you know, you have to. But um, and unless you, you do, then there's so many other options that are more, more shoulder friendly. Mm. So I think that sort of covers the main upper body ones. And they're easy to, to, to train around a shoulder injury. Um, like I said, you can just incorporate like a lot of back work. That's generally fine. And avoid like direct overhead pressing. Mm. And then, yeah, I guess if there's any sort of movement or angle that causes you pain just just don't go into that range of motion because it's um when when i had this shoulder issue good thing the physio did is did not stop me from training shoulders it was yeah. just the deeper i go the more painful it becomes so use lighter weight start with a less range of motion and then yeah. as i got stronger as the uh, rotator cuff sort of got more stable I'd increase the range of motion slowly over time and yeah I think in a few weeks I was able to press lighter weights fully you know do a bit of band work and yeah then from there just build up strength again so it's also I think a big mistake people make is stopping the movement entirely whereas that's 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 not the best way to go about an injury unless your physio has strictly said stop let's work on it this way and then you know build up the strength later but usually most good physios will always you'll note there's that you know working with a range of motion that allows you to build back to your full range of motion over time yeah so yeah I think. No, I think that's so mo moving down um well let's let's go to shoulder Neck. let's just go to <laughs> let's just go to knees i think that's such a big one and that's yeah, really <laughs> where the issue is not the knee it's generally something yeah. in your hips it's often in the ankles and causing issues in the knee i think mine my main like my latter knee injury was caused after i tore my ankle mm. so i look at the timeline and when I was in my in late teens or early 20s, I can't remember which one, uh, I tore my ankle playing rugby. Uh, and it's never been perfectly right since. Yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, 
12 ligament the medial ligament of my ankle. Then fast forward to 2003, when I was 23, I damaged my knee. Actually, I probably I damaged my knee prior to that, but after, it was always after, you know, that's when it really went, I had the operation on. But, um, but my ankle was, yeah, it must have been in my teens. Mm. I did my ankle, and I think the knock-on effect of that was actually then the knee injury a lot later, years later, you know, damaging my knee. But, but the actual primary was actually the ankle injury. Mm. Now the knock-on effect is having a bad knee affects my hips. Yeah. So I, you know, I probably, you know, I'd have to have a check of my hip joints, I'm sure that, you know, probably wearing unevenly. Definitely, you know, when I get knee replaced. Although, luckily, I damaged both knees, so it might be even better a little bit. <laughs> one is balance. worse than the other. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping a bit more back. So, our knock effect is the ankle affected the knee, the knee's now affecting the hips, mm. which in turn sometimes affects the lower back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One side of the back. But it's all the opposites, you know, it goes down. It's true, it's true. Yeah, yeah, so what, I mean, what do you do for your knee, Andy? Do you do anything in particular? I know you, you uh, have to reduce the range of motion sometimes. No. Yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, I do a lot of massage on it, mm. but the, uh, the reality is I've got a couple of issues there, is it no ACL and meniscus is what's causing the problem, which is, you know, my knee feels like it's just filled with grand gravel. Mm. You know, yeah, you hear that crunching. Mm. That's essentially what my knee always feels like. It's like, yeah. it's all the little bits of gravel yeah. instead of meniscus. Like, so therefore the bones hit, you know, the femur and tib and fib just smash against each other, yeah. which then gets blisters on the bone, which causes swelling. That's not funny. So, you know, I work on the massage, but I actually try to work on things like quad strength, hamstring strength, um, you know, even calf and uh, and ankle mobility, purely to keep that knee joint quite strong, firm, and in place, so it's not loose and moving outside of the line of motion. Mm. And that's the reason, actually, I've done really well having no ACLs. Yeah. You know, when I did my second ACL injury on my left leg, the consultant was amazing, got all his students in to come look at my legs, purely because he says that you know, this just shows you because. You know, I was actually told never to play rugby again. I came and played years later. And it's only because I kept my legs really strong. Yeah, yeah. I always had strong legs. And having good, strong quads and hamstrings meant I could keep my knee relatively in, in line. You know, because the ACL stops it, you know, pulling apart, so it's quite contending. So, you know, by building up a muscle there, I was able to keep, you know, didn't need an ACL, which is... You know, indicative of the fact that if I have any breaks in training, I actually generally get a little bit more on the leg days. You know, when my legs feel up and strong, my knee joint's a lot firmer, stronger. It's all less moving. So, you know, I work around the knee joint, making everything else stronger to carry, mm. which I can do with that knee until I have a knee replacement. So I just have to keep everything else strong. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's key. And like Leon was saying, like, it's not that you don't train it. You just look for different ways to train it, you know, without pain as well. And also, yeah. 
like Andy sort of has figured out that the the primary cause was you know his ankle and so that's for you if you do get knee pain is to try and figure out why like the kneecap is it's just like a floating joint there it's crazy and I, I can't remember which physio is describing it. it's like it's on train tracks and if it kind of derails a bit yeah. that's when yeah. you get you get pain you know and so it's for me I like I know I know my body really well and I get if I have knee pain it's it's generally I know what's tight and kind of pulling it to one side so for that it can just be soft tissue work that you can do before the session like there's a muscle called the sartorius which attaches it's from your hip flexor to the inside of your knee that's often tight um it can be adductors you know it can be just having really tight quads because all four quads meet in one tendon that attaches to the kneecap so people who get um like runner's knee the quads are often really tight um but again like it could be it could be a hip issue there it could be from your ankle so it's to kind of figure out the the root cause um and like with knee pain if it's sharp if you have a sharp knee pain in your session you know stop you can do some soft tissue work because often like tight glutes as well uh can cause you know some issues in your knee um there's a you've got your tfl your tensor fascia latte which sounds like an expensive coffee um if that's tight that pulls on your itb band which then pulls your kneecap to the side, which can cause pain like on the outer part of your knee. And that is often due to having weak glutes, especially like glute medius there. Um, so in that sense, you know, in, in the moment, you can do soft tissue work, you can do trigger point work to just relieve that. Um, but in the long run, you want to do strengthening sort of of the glutes there, yeah. as that will help. Um, and runners have that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I... I have the opposite thing, because I've got a bad knee, that tightens up my ITB yeah. to the point where it can be excruciatingly tight. And I have to do a lot of, I have to do a lot of stretches. Yeah. You know, ITB stretches, purely just to, you know, leave it, because, you know, that does tighten up. And, you know, vice versa with, you know, big quads and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably my biggest worry is tearing that quad tendon mm. as it attaches to a knee because you know i need my quads and hamstrings to keep yeah, that yeah. knee working <laughs> yeah that, um, that pretty useless if i damage that yeah but... there's a little bit of paranoia about i do massage my quad tendon with the gun a lot you know yeah, and, yeah if that's hurting when i'm training i just stop generally yeah, yeah. I, I remember when i had uh, low back problems i'd always blame the deadlifts I'd always like, I'm lifting heavy, but, you know, my lower back would always, it's not like domes, but they were like, it was a weird pain. It's which, really tight, I guess. Yeah, but then it caused my, uh, I had an, it's a sacroiliac joint dysfunction. Yeah. Then I remember going to the physio and there's this test we were doing, you know, quad strength and yeah, quads, I'm pushing his hand, it's like crazy. Then we turn to the back and it's time for hamstring work. And my hamstring were like, I'd say useless in that position because they were, he was just getting it down. And at that moment you could, I could see, you know, cause I, I, I enjoyed, I used to do high volume squats then and then 
I was in high volume training. You're young, so it's like yeah, every day is leg day, but not as much quad and especially like glute and hamstring sort of specific yeah. work. And I think my, well, not think, but my quads overpowered my posterior chain and. Mm. Uh, leg days were fine, you know, quad days I'd do fine, but anytime I was working on, you know, posterior, since there was an imbalance, it was like, there's a bit of a pain, but yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, I'll just foam roll, it's tightness, it's nothing, which led to the impingement. And that's when I learned like what we're talking about, how imbalances can cause, you know, how muscular imbalances can cause issues to your joints to your muscles especially i guess knees hips even shoulders because he was at that point is when because it was the same left side so there there seemed to be a connection between that um shoulder issue to the to the to the sacroiliac joint and it's mm. amazing how i've learned over the years and it's crazy how i no, i noticed just which I'm sure if many people did, because a lot of people focus on, you know, the squats, but not many people focus on like hamstring that much. Yes, people do deadlifts, but yeah. not too many RDLs you see and not like just not enough yeah. posterior chain work to balance it out. And I think that's why a lot of people will be like, man, my after training, it's like your back shouldn't hurt. It's, it should be like, oh, yeah, I feel like I worked it out, but it should not hurt. If it does, there's yeah. either an imbalance or something's up. And like I found out, my hamstrings, calves, all the way up to my glutes were just weaker than the front part, which I overtrained in this case. So yeah, and that's only that's quite common, but especially guys who want big legs, they think they yeah. should oh, yeah. just train quads. But actually, hamstrings are real, uh, real divider there but um yeah i actually start off every leg session with hamstring exercises because um you know i love rdls and like keep those in quite often yeah. um but i get so much pain because of you know because of the knee i get so much mm. my psoas on the opposite side hurts um and i've had that lock up during deadlifts before but um but that's because i actually have lack of range of motion in my right like I, can, I can't bend my, yeah, you know, I can't get my heel to touch my glute. Oh, wow. It's pretty much 90 degree maximum mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, flexibility there. You know, and I remember being, seeing a, a masseuse who, you know, who was a special sports therapist one, mm. although I've got my reservations because she was really trying to force my leg, oh. my heel to touch my I'd like to stop doing that, please. Yeah. It won't work. <laughs> and also, I've got like, a, I think it must be a calcium lump in my actual, next to my knee. Yeah. She was using like, like a golf ball or some little marble to try and rub it out. It's like, it's not a muscular lump. Yeah. It's not, it's been there for a while. If you feed it, it feels almost like a lump of cartilage. Yeah. It's just yeah. there. And it's, you know, and it was just getting bruised. I was like, just stop doing that, please. please. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but reality is, you know, um, lack of flexibility movement mobility on that you know on that uh, hamstring does cause the other imbalance issues mm. which is if my knee was great you know there's one thing i say to everyone make sure you know when doing legs especially you use full range of motion all these guys half squatting quarter you know quarter wrapping on the squat 
one, you're not doing anything, but two, also, you're going to cause other issues that you, you don't realise by using balances and by, you know, yes, you can quarter rep and squat, mm. all it will do is a little bit of your quad. Yeah, you don't, won't do any hamstring, you won't do any, or any other supporting muscle just by quarter repping. And what you do is you're just going to overpower everything else to start getting poor range of motion, which may have all the pain. Lower back, generally. Yeah. Yeah. And with knees, it's important, like, like the whole knees over toes thing, like, let those knees go over the toes and you'll mm-hmm. find that, you know, if you, if you do suffer from certain knee pain, like the exercises physios will give you is having your knee in inflection and like isometric holds to sort of strengthen the tendons around your knees when it is in flexion so i mean like you could think about um like step downs those are such a favorite of ours um and um you can do i mean a lot of them as well is you know when when you're stepping down and kind of just absorbing absorbing that shock as well like you want to strengthen your knee in that flex position and it, it can be a bit painful at first but you know i i find that for me that's a non-negotiable in all my leg days is just getting my knee in that you know with a lot of weight in a flex position and just holding it as well just letting your kind of tendons and ligaments that get used to that weight um and that that can really help but again, that's where it's great to go to a physio who can give you, you know, reps and sets, like what you should hold, what's mm-hmm. going to work for you. You know, is it more of an issue in, in your, you know, how you walk as well? That can make a big impact. Um, but in general, like Andy and Leon has said, like in your warm ups, you know, do some hamstring work, get that blood flowing, yeah. do some quad work. You know, leg extension is, is just great for that. Yeah. And there are ways to train around knee pain. You can still do deadlifts, you know, glute work, you know. Yeah. There's... You, you can even do squats. What I like to do, and I do this myself, is I pre-exhaust the muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do my hamstring curls, leg extensions, maybe, uh, you know, walking lunges. Yeah. Then finish up with squats, with leg press. Because yeah. then yeah. I can use a lot less weight. Less weight. Yeah. So the chance of that actually causing it reduce, you know, because I'm already quite tired. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I find that helps. It also means the joint's full of, you know, it's a lot sort of, you know, it's a lot warmer mm-hmm. and a better place to move. Yeah, yeah, I think that's key. So I guess let's, let's finish up with backs. <laughs> Um, as that's also very common, generally, yeah, yeah, generally lower back. Um, and again, it's. Do you know? <laughs> can I just say something? Yeah, about yeah go. It's on the course go. But the career with the worst back level of back issues is the caring profession, is childminding, nurseries. Yeah. Uh, even parents, yeah. because actually picking up kids, people forget, you know, like we all talk about lifting boxes and mm-hmm. bending your knees and lifting a box, but people forget this when they're picking up a child. Yeah. 
Or, you know, you're, you're trying to grab kids, you know, they're causing chaos in the shop. So you scoop them up in one hand and you pick them up. But, like, you know, it's really easy, if you're not mindful, to, to cause back issues. And tweak something. Apparently, uh, the sort of nursery caring professions have the worst back. And actually, nurses as well was included in that because whoever moves patients, mm. yeah, they often yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's so interesting. Because they just make think no I think it's so true because I work with a lot of like um, well pre and postnatal women and it's when they've had the baby that they actually have more back pain because yeah like just I mean I mean babies some of them are heavy you know and you're, and you're leaning at awkward angles trying to pick them up um, yeah, and then also I guess one hand yeah, yeah. you're holding them with one side yeah. yeah it's not it's not an easy thing a baby's alive but when you carry them for hours a day yeah at a funny angle, you know, you're trying to carry on booking or doing something else, you're trying to hold them one handed. The actual reality is if you start getting heavy, you start getting lost. And everyone's got a favourite side to hold mm-hmm. you know, a child. Yeah. You know, I used to actually just you know, I used to hold car like a rugby ball, just <laughs> one hand, so mm-hmm. I could just hold them one yeah. hand. And that was okay. But um but I know like cars back from the actual pregnancy has never truly gone away. And I think that can happen during a pregnancy, you, you hurt your back, carrying the extra weight. And then afterwards, carrying a baby at a funny angle yeah. can just compound it further, right? Yeah. No, so, I mean, it's really important, yeah, for pregnant women to, 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 to keep an eye out for that. And then afterwards, and, you know, everyone goes on about core, and yes, <laughs> That is important, but I think people misunderstand that and they focus solely on core as like the front of your body, but it's not. Core is your back as well and your pelvic floor. Um, And I think, you know, you can overdo ab work, direct ab work, and like neglect your back. Mm -hmm. So again, it's that, you know, that causing imbalances. So back pain can be many reasons. Like... If it's something due, you know, going on with your spinal cord and your vertebrae and like bulging discs, that's a little bit different. And then that's definitely worth seeing your physio. But if it is muscular, which it can be, you've got your quadratus lumborum, which is a common culprit um, to, you know, to cause lower back pain. And, you know, that can be from having, like Andy said, a tight psoas. It can be from having tight glutes. It can just be from sitting too long. There are so many reasons for back pain. And yeah, having a strong core is helpful, but also, and as Leon said earlier, strengthening your lower back is helpful as well. So remembering that, you know, when you are doing core exercises, you incorporate movements that are training your lower back, like Superman's or, you know, um, like back extensions as well. Like don't, don't neglect those. But I think the, the biggest one is training for longevity, and we've talked about that before, and just being very careful with your programming on how you're loading your spine and keeping in mind your lower back fatigue. Yeah, I think... It's also the same with the back. Learning to brace and breathe properly during the exercise mm-hmm. is, is really important. It's something people don't think about. Yeah, especially when, you know, deadly, you know if you don't brace properly you don't have that internal tension to keep things stiffer and in place yeah. so therefore you know if you twist at a funny angle 
I know someone who actually broke their back shoulder pressing. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Wait, it twisted. It twisted suddenly. Ah, and yeah. because of a heavy dumbbell. Yeah. Oh my back. gosh, that's awful. <laughs> it, was, it was luckily, it wasn't like broken back, yeah, wheelchair, broken back. Yeah. Traction hospital fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh off, your, off your feet for that. But, you know, he wasn't bracing properly, he slipped. You know, he, yeah, his body just popped out a little bit. Yeah, and I think we forget. Uh, like what Clear said, because nowadays life and most people work, it's a lot of sitting down. So you forget to brace. You forget to just breathe properly. You forget to, mm. you know, your glutes. You're just sitting. There's no your your hip flexors are. You know, when you're sitting, you're you're not really working anything. Mm-hmm. So what like we try to do with our clients is even set an alarm just pace around the office and you know a few minutes stand up because you're going to sit in the car drive to the office get to the office sit again the whole day come back home and sit and it's like you're 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 not really using any any muscles in your back and i guess as you grow older you know you're like oh this back pain this back i think it's this and that i know a lot of guys in the office who have back pain switch to sitting on a Swiss ball. You get the Swiss mm. ball chairs where it's got a chair back. Mm. Sitting on that and also between that and then a standing desk. Yes. So yeah. we stand for some of the day. We sit on that back, it gets a lot better and a lot quicker because actually we're just strengthening it. Yeah, I think, strengthening it quicker. I think a lot of officers would benefit with standing desks. They, they, they're good. Yeah. But they, yeah, I mean, yeah. Right now, Thing is, now you get the adjustable ones, yeah. so you yeah. sit and then okay. he goes up, and you know you can adjust it. So it's a standing desk, so we have things. So the morning, sit there, you work, work your afternoon, keep you more awake, more focused. That's the job. No, yeah. it's so good, and you know if you are someone who suffers from lower back pain, like, and sometimes a lot of people get it on on walks mm-hmm. when they walk. Um, and so you know, there's simple routine you can do before you walk. You know, you can do some planks. You can do, you know, some some spinal mobility, like child's pose to up dog. Work a little bit through your mid-back as well. Um, bird dogs for a bit more glute activation and core. And that can really help. And, like, you can do that throughout the day. Like, yeah, instead yeah. of just sitting, you know, get up, move around, but do those as well, because they do help a lot. Yeah. Well. I do a lot of playing with Kaya. Yeah. Eating, but 
yeah, a bit of plank at night is a great way to, you know, that's a big, you know, possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And, and then just in terms of programming, like, if you do have lower back pain, just do a lot of chest supported work instead of sort of like bent over rows, you know, support your back and just make sure if you're, you know, whatever body split you're doing, you're not, you know, doing, let's say like squats right away followed by like deadlifts, both with barbells, like just be careful how you load your spine. And, you know, I can't remember what episode, it was quite recently where we were just saying like, if you've done like a heavy deadlift day, don't have like a heavy back day following it. Um, just keep all of that in mind and it really will help prevent like lower back fatigue and you know just in terms of like longevity with your training um, it will help so so much and like I've hurt my back deadlifting and that's made me a better coach uh, got me into mobility and just made me much much cleverer at programming but also just being preventive about it like doing a lot of you know, like I find like planks before like heavy heavy squats or deadlifts help a lot with lower back. Um, and I, I cannot sit for long periods of time, which I think is great. It just makes me get up and move. Um, so, you know, just keeping all of those in mind. And I do soft tissue work, like on my quadratus lumborum. I go on to a mobility ball when it's tight. And for me, I know when my glutes are tight, that also causes my lower back to be tight. So a lot of it is knowing your body and like what that you can do in the moment to relieve it, like soft tissue work, trigger work, um, you know, core work, some stretching, all of those can really help. But again, you know, it's with all of this, it's so worth going to a physio to see if, you know, they can find like any root causes of it. Um, and recommend more sort of specific work that you can do over time, you know, to strengthen something, to strengthen something to help with an imbalance. As you know, with everything, like you always want to get to the root cause of it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think balance is a big thing. Like, especially I know a lot of guys who have bad backs, and it's purely because when they're like focusing on the upper body day or something, you know, I mean, going health level doing chest and people do ab crunches and do all these ab exercises but we're only working the front of their body and we take their back training a lot less seriously you see them do a few lap pull downs and essentially that becomes it or maybe some seated rows but actually they're not doing you know hard stuff they're not doing really you know, deadlifts like the they're not doing you know they're not doing a posterior chain stuff you're know, not doing good mornings or yeah, various stuff or T-bar rows, chest forward rows, you know, couple level on their fronts, easy on their back, a bit like legs, you know, quad dominant or hamstrings, you know, and and especially, you know, so many people want to do ab exercises, I'm going to do loads of ab exercises, mm-hmm. but we don't actually then think about their lower back, you know, and because, you know, we abs are meant to keep you actually quite motionless, that's what planks good, but when we, you know, crunch, you know, people want to crunch, which is working for protagonists and forgetting the antagonists for the lower back directors. Um, so, you know, again, everything in balance, you know, you, the body's meant to be in homeostasis. As balance, be that, you know, equal, equal muscle development, equal, you know, training, 
food, everything should be in balance. So uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways. It's starting. Train everything with the same level of intensity across all your days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and make sure you program to hit all angles. Yeah. Yeah, and I always remember from one episode from Joe DeFranco. He's like. You know, stretch everything that you can see on the front of your body and then strengthen everything that you can't see, which is like the back of your body, which for Mm -hmm. most people that, you know, that's very effective advice. Like a lot of posterior chain work and making sure, you know, stretch your chest, stretch your biceps, don't neglect those. And not every day is chest day (laughs) or or quad day (laughs) or ab day. Um, So I think uh, on that note, we will end season seven and we will be back shortly with season eight. Thanks to everyone for listening. Mm